Welcome to the Teacher Blogs Podcast, a podcast for teachers who have more time to listen than to read. This is a podcast that amplifies the voices of education writers that are seen, read, but need to be heard. If you've written a blog post that you'd like me to consider featuring, please message me at teacher underscore blogs on Twitter. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so glad that you're joining me on this episode. Let the learning begin. Today's blog post features one that I published yesterday, and it's called Stop, Start, Continue. You'll find this article on the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Cavey. Now, here is my blog post, Stop, Start, Continue. Start, Stop, Continue. A year-end reflection on my professional practice. I was on Twitter earlier this week and spotted this great tweet from Dr. Justin Tart. It's a simple but profound formula for professional introspection. He tweets, It's never too early to start thinking about next school year. Have you started thinking about what you will stop doing next year? What you will start doing next year? What you will continue doing next year? Hashtag EdChat, hashtag education. Well, challenge accepted, Dr. Tart. This was a great formula for self-reflection, so thank you. A quick note on my context. I'm an eighth grade homeroom teacher in a middle school of about 330 with four classes per grade. I serve on a team with three other homeroom teachers and a few specialists, band, French, and PE. To facilitate project-based learning as much as possible, Each homeroom teacher is responsible for ADST, art, career, English, genius hour, math, science, social studies, and other electives using a largely flexible timetable. Stop. Number one, math minutes. Kathy Holmes, my instructional coach, spent four weeks coaching me during my math classes this year. Although I'm comfortable with grade eight math, it's not really my wheelhouse. She rightly challenged me on my use of math minutes, and I've attached an example in the post, at the beginning of math lessons. I'm just not sure they're supporting learning, she said diplomatically, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized she was right. Math minutes cut. Number two, letting students leave the classroom when it's a mess. Sometimes it just feels easier at the end of an exhausting day to stack the last of the chairs or pick up garbage around my classroom myself, but I need to cut that out. It's a tax on my energy and worse, it perpetuates a lack of responsibility and subtly poisons the culture of my room. I need to do a better job of holding a firm line on the kinds of values and habits that I believe are important because students definitely notice. If I want my students to clean up after themselves and show ownership and pride in our learning environment, I need to demand it. Now, start. Number one, more writing about learning on Seesaw. I had the opportunity to attend the Kaplan Conference and Symposium in May, and it was there that I was reminded of the critical importance of the three big questions. What are you learning? And how is it important? How's it going? And how do you know and where to next? So if you're going to simplify that list into just three questions, it would be what are you learning? How's it going? Where to next? It's amazing how we can ask students to do so much in our classrooms without ever asking them to actually reflect on the learning itself. 
I've done this reflective practice in the past, but I need to do much more of it, like at least once a week. By posting these reflections on Seesaw, parents will be illuminated as well. Speaking as a Seesaw parent, this would make for some interesting reading. Start number two, more intentional culture building activities. It's humbling to admit this, but last year I noticed a perceptible slide in the culture of my class, particularly in the final term. There was more complaining, more unkind attitudes, more interruptions, and less care for others. Although there were still sunshiny days and children who showed impeccable citizenship from the year start to finish, the mood in my room had soured from where we were at the beginning of the year. This year, I want to be more consistent about culture building routines and practices. One great example of a culture building routine is to start and end the day with circle check-ins, where we all stand in a circle and hear from every member of our class based on a quick prompt. Other activities like this can encourage vulnerability, trust, and gratefulness at an age level, middle school, that can be less than kind. Start number three, daily checks for understanding in math. My instructional coach also noticed that we, I, wasn't getting a clear enough sense of the learning progress of each of my math students on a lesson by lesson basis. Sure, I was asking for some self-assessment, but could they actually demonstrate mastery of the previous concept before I moved on to the next? This year, I want to start each math, le math lesson with a quick check for understanding based on our most recent learning targets. There are different ways to do this. In small groups at whiteboards, using individual whiteboards, using Google Forms, using a paper exit slip, and others. The bottom line is that I can't rely too much on students to self-disclose if they are falling behind in math or failing to show proficiency on learning targets. Some will disclose, but others will try to drift by undetected. And it's this latter group that ends up with a major learning deficit to close by the time we get around to summative assessments. Start number four, more feedback for students. As much feedback as I gave last year, I'd like my learners to receive it more consistently from me next year. In my context, Google Classroom and Seesaw are the LMS platforms of choice, and they each facilitate teacher-student conversations about learning very well. A simple, hey, I like what you're doing here, but you might want to try this, can go a long way towards engagement and investment. My goal? Offer every student feedback on something before I leave for home at the end of each day. I'm not necessarily talking about marks here or anything that would enter my assessment tracking system. I'm just talking about speaking to learning progress on a daily basis, in addition to the real-time feedback I'm offering orally during class time, which I happen to think is the most valuable. Start number five, more hands-on projects. I taught across the hall this year from a tremendous educator, Jordan Mayer. Jordan has fully embraced project-based learning and his students always seem engaged in practical, hands-on problems. I did a little bit of that last year. I need to do more. Start number six, student interviews of local professionals and entrepreneurs. I plan to ask my students to interview local professionals, business leaders, and entrepreneurs. This would not only make for some great content for the Great Expectations podcast, it would also deliver some powerful learning in the career education space. Hans Apple produces a very cool student-led podcast based on this sort of format. Thanks for the inspiration, Hans. Now, continue. Continue number one, 
student-narrated screencasts of slideshows, writing, or other work. Whether they've completed a piece of writing they're proud of or a slideshow in Google Slides, it's never a bad idea to ask students to narrate their products. Screencasting is a great exercise in self-critique, i.e. if your writing is difficult to read aloud, you probably need to do some more editing, and the finished video product offers some nice sharing options. Screencastify seems to be all the rage on edgy Twitter, but I'm still partial to another screencast pioneer, Screencast-O-Matic. Continue number two, student podcasting. This was a blast, and I'd like to do more of it with my group this coming year. I started Great Expectations with a focus on book reviews and reading reflections, but near the end of the year, I used the podcast for a couple of other fun student discussions, one on assessment practices, the other on the NBA playoffs as well. And there are other directions we can go with this podcast. I mean, why not a Remembrance Day edition featuring student poetry? Why not feature fi fictional pieces of writing created by students? I'm excited by the infinite possibilities. If you're interested in hearing more about the thinking behind the Great Expectations podcast, you can check out my piece about it called Why We're Podcasting in 8th Grade. It's also on the Teachers on Fire magazine. Continue number three, sitting with students. I did more of this last year than I've ever done before, and it always felt like a good move. I think it showed my students that I care, that I was interested in their work, and it gave me some good insights into exactly where my students were in the learning process at that moment. Sitting with students was also a helpful tweak to my classroom climate whenever I noticed one of my table groups getting distracted or off task. If you're in a one-to-one -one device setting like mine, you know that some students struggle mightily with digital focus and self-regulation. Sometimes I found it helpful to just quietly sit beside these students while I did my own computer work. It's gentle accountability. Continue number four, stating learning targets clearly. I'm now two years into stating learning targets in the form of I can statements at the beginning of basically every lesson, and I try to post these everywhere. On whiteboards, on activity instructions in Google Classroom or Seesaw, and on any Google Docs or materials that my students receive. I also include these learning targets in my lesson plans because learning targets don't just tell my learners where they're headed, they remind me too. Crafting these I can statements can feel like an irritating check on planning and preparation for a lesson or unit. As in, I already know what and why we're doing this today. But when they send me back to the curricular standards, I either feel grounded and affirmed or I correct course. Continue number five. Coding on Khan Academy. Is there a better way for students to practice grit and resilience? Learning JavaScript for one week at the end of each term was a great exercise for my eighth graders and a good change up to our other studies. For some, the pain of not instantly figuring out a coding solution or the struggle to find their own mistakes and lines of code seemed excruciating. But for every, I can't do this, I reminded them of the power of yet. Be patient, stick to the process, use available resources, and you will figure this out. Continue number six, real-time coaching on student writing. It's not a new feature, but the power of Google Classroom to facilitate real-time coaching while students engage in creative writing is tremendous. Classroom allows me to hop efficiently from doc to doc to doc, making encouraging comments and offering editing or structural suggestions wherever possible while students compose in real time. And that's the fun part. 
I can usually get through the whole class during one writing block. It's real-time feedback at its best. Continue number seven. Weekly blogging about my professional practice. Nothing gets us more focused and thoughtful about our professional practice than when our reflections, like this one, are published and consumed by other educators around the world. I want to do myself and my practice the favor of making this process more consistent. This post will be my 14th educational blog post of the year, which is probably my best ever pace, but I want to do better. The ultimate goal? Publishing on the same day of the week, every week without fail. I'm talking perennial rip-like consistency here, although she actually publishes more than once a week. Her consistency is legendary. Summary. I've covered a lot of ground here. I know that as soon as I hit publish on this piece, I'll think of more things to stop, start, and continue. And that's to be expected because that's what makes this profession so interesting and exciting. I'm 18 years in and I feel like I'm only getting started. There's so much more to learn and so many more ways to improve. Shoutouts are due to my inspirational colleagues at Pacific Academy Middle School and my incredible PLN on Twitter. I've never felt more optimistic about the future of education. Here's to further growth in the coming year. The proverbial slate is clean. Fresh opportunities for growth and learning await. You just heard Stop, Start, Continue, a post written and read by your host, Tim Cavey. You'll find this article on the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium. If you're listening on a mobile app, you should find a direct link in the show notes as well. Please connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Cavey. That's at M-I-S-T-E-R-C-A-V-E-Y. If you enjoyed the content you heard in this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Twitter as well, or follow the podcast on Twitter, at teacher underscore blogs. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, thanking you for joining me today and hoping you'll be back for more right here on the Teacher Blogs podcast.